truth. It's really true. So. That's right. When all this has happened this morning, I was thinking, Lord, you have something really magnificent for us today. Okay. Well, let's pray. I'm going to pray a scripture. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So when I think about God and his truth, I usually like to come away with little nuggets of truth for myself to remember um but when i'm thinking about god's love i can't really boil it down very much i mean there's lots of nuggets so this scripture came that you know i can't really comprehend the width or the breadth or whatever it is and so and we're talking about love today on our fourth sunday of advent so thinking about love don't feel overwhelmed if you can't really think about it because we can't comprehend it and that's something that's wonderful about it um, so before I talk some more of my talk, thoughts, I want to read a scripture um, about love from 1 John 4, starting in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. He sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother... He's a liar. 
For he does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So in thinking about this, I was thinking, think about the best movie you've ever seen, the best book you've ever read. Think about the best story you know. What makes it so good? God is God is the grand author of stories. Mm-hmm. Amen. All, every story that's good is good because it takes something from God's story. Mm-hmm. And God's story is a love story. It's a masterful love story. So in, at our house, we've been reading um, our Advent every day um, from this book, which is called is the Jesus Storybook Bible. It is the Bible paraphrased for children. Um, better than most other Bibles paraphrased for children. So I wanted to read a few things out of here because some of the words they use are very, they're, they're simple, but they're not dull. They, they still maintain a lot of the truth. So I wanted to read out of here um, from the beginning. The beginning of the story when God made people. So it starts out by explaining what the Bible is in this book, and then it starts with Adam and Eve. So it's talking about God, and it says, God wrote, I love you. He wrote it up in the sky, on the earth, under the sea. He wrote his message everywhere. Because God created everything in his world to reflect him like a mirror, to show us what he's like, to help us to know him. And to make our hearts sing. It talks about when God made people. God breathed life into Adam and Eve. And when they opened their eyes, the first thing they saw was God's face. And when God saw them, he was like a new dad. He said, you look like me. You're the most beautiful thing I've ever made. And God loved them with all of his heart. And they were lovely because he loved them. And Adam and Eve joined in the song of the stars and the streams and the wind and the trees. The song to God who loved them and their hearts were filled with happiness. And nothing made them sick or afraid. And God looked at everything he had made and said, it was good. And it was. But all the stars and all the galaxies and all the mountains and oceans were nothing compared to how much God loved his children. He would move heaven and earth to be near them, always, whatever happened, whatever it cost him. He would always love them. And so the wonderful love story began. And then there was a a terrible lie. Anybody know what the terrible lie is? Yes. The terrible lie that came into our hearts is, does God really love me? Mm-hmm. Every single one of us has doubted that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've doubted it myself. Does God really love me? Does God really love you? So the terrible lie came into our hearts. And when you think about stories, you think a lot of stories these days will end on a note like that because that's realistic, right? That's what the world is like it's sad and grim and that's just how our stories end so in another story that would have been the end 
but not this story. <laughs> this is a, this is God's story, and there's something in your heart that wants there to be a happy ending to the story. Do you know why? <laughs> because God put it there. God loved His children too much to let the story end right there. Even though He knew He would suffer, He had a plan, a magnificent dream, and one day He was going to get His children back. One day he would make the world their perfect home again. And one day he would wipe away every tear from every eye. You see, no matter what, in spite of everything, God would love his children. And if you ever read the Jesus Storybook Bible, you will never forget this next phrase. He loved them with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Even though they would forget him and run away from him, deep in their hearts, God's children would miss him always and long for him. Lost children yearning for their home. Before they left the garden, God whispered a promise to Adam and Eve. Will not always be so. I will come to rescue you. And when I do, I am going to do battle against that snake. I will rid him. I will get rid of the sin and the dark and the sadness you let in here. I'm coming back for you. And he would. One day God himself. So, Daddy, we're talking about um, everybody wants to be loved. And it just goes along with why everything is the way it is in the world is because God designed it that way. Anyway, anytime you wonder why is this this way, if you learn to think about it, you can think, oh, because God made it this way to teach me about something. Why are human relationships the way they are? Why do I desire love? Because God put it there. So the first verse that came to, well, one of the first verses that came to my mind was a very common verse that I'm going to read, and don't let your knowledge of the verse distract you from what it means. John 3.16. You can say it in your sleep, and often I just kind of say it and don't think about what it means. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I have an only son. (laughs) Many of you probably have an only son or are an only son. Think about that. God gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And when you think of giving your only son, well, do you think, who do you think of giving him for? In Romans 5, While we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even to die. But God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think about your worst attitude ever. Think about the worst thing you feel like you've ever done. It was in that moment that God was willing to give Jesus for you. That's love. That's real love. In John 15, he says, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And for many years when I read this verse, I always thought about physically laying down my life for someone. Would I be willing to do that for someone? Do I love them that much to actually die for them? And I think that is a good thing to think about, and that is the primary meaning of this verse. But I also think, more recently, am I willing to lay down my life in terms of my time, um, 
anything else, what I want to do, my selfishness. Am I willing to lay down my life in that terms for someone? And anybody who's a mom knows what that's what life is like. <laughs> um, anybody who's not a mom probably learns that that's what life is like. I am, I am in that place of learning as a mom that that's what life is like. In Isaiah 49, this is, a, this is a very real verse to me right now. Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even she may forget, but I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. So that's a personal one for me right now. How could I forget my own child? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. God won't forget us. God loves us even more than I could ever love. My husband, my children, my family. Anything that you love, anyone that loves you, God's love is... Think about the universe. Bigger. Better. First John 3. See what great love the Father has lavished upon mm-hmm. us, that we should be called the children of God. <clears throat> Think about a dad that loves his kids. My mom always says that dad just can't stop buying Christmas presents for his kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a simple, it's a simple analogy, but think of a dad who loves his kids. Think of a dad who's lost his kids and wants to get them back. This is the love that Jesus has for us. And so when you see the baby Jesus at Christmas time, there's so much, there's so much there. I've been thinking about love a lot this week, and there's just so many. You can think of all the songs about love, those Christian songs and secular songs, and it's, it's just the root element. God is love. Everybody desires love. And I, my prayer today is that we would, we, would, we would have God's love in our hearts to the point where we can share it with others. Many times I desire to, to love other people, and I think I just don't have the energy to do that. I need somebody to love me first. Well, that's God. <laughs> that's not another person. That's God. God is the only one capable, able to love all of us in that way. So, I love all of you. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you'll be thinking about love for the rest of the day, <laughs> as I will. So, yeah. We can't even describe your love. We can't understand it, and that's the way it ought to be. We'll never know the depths of your love until we see you face to face. 
We thank you for that grand love, God, the, the way that you have turned everything in this world to point to you and your love. We thank you for sending Jesus to be the ultimate demonstration of your love for us. I pray that this season of, of Advent and Christmas, God, that we would be able to, to focus on you and your truth amidst all the distractions of the world and Christmas time brings. God, you are the reason. You are the reason that we have Christmas. Without you, without, we are without hope. We are without peace. We are without joy, without love. And we thank you, God, for all of these things and for your love for us. Pray that you would um, bless Camille as she comes to share with us. Give her your word and your truth. In Jesus' name.